everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. True to you, beautiful, natural-looking color results, honest formulations, and packaging. Sounds too good to be real? It's real, I promise. It's TBH. True, beautiful, honest. With naturally derived ingredients, vegan and PETA approved, and recycled packaging, this multi-dimensional permanent hair color works to elevate the hair's natural highs and lows. Shop TBH on Solanery.com or click the Swartzkopf professional link in the show notes to learn more. So we've got some interesting happenings over at Sally Beauty. Mm-hmm. This is a little newsworthy tidbit. Just this week introduced a DIY salon concept store. Initial thoughts? I'll get into the details. I'm very into this. <laughs> I feel like good for them. There are some competitors that are doing similar things. Mm-hmm. There's a Madison Reed that comes to mind that is not far from my home. Oh. That I would literally never walk myself into. Thank you. But a Sally Beauty, I absolutely would. So I'm like, oh yeah, let's see it. So what are the deeds? Okay. So Studio by Sally is ready for DIYers, as they say. So we know that Sally is traditionally right a store with hands-on education from pros to consumers. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think it's an interesting concept that they're looking to grow. So they opened five studios this year. They hope to grow it to 100 next year, according to their CEO and director, Denise Polonis. Their take is that demystifying hair coloring process is a barrier to unlocking DIY journeys. And we know that, right? Mm -hmm. This is complicated. This is science. This is chemistry. And so if we do have people out there that are the highly educated consumers or DIYers, it's important to me that they're getting the right information for sure. How about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... I, my experience with Sally Beauty is colored by my having worked with my professional friends in order to get the things that I then will do on myself with their tool. Like, so yeah, I mean, I love the idea of being able, exactly. But it's like, if you don't have those connections, like we are fortunate enough to have, like you've got this studio option, which I think is, I just, I think it's really cool. I'm excited for them. I think that it's maybe a little bit overdue. So I love the idea of like going into hyperspeed and opening more locations, Yeah, excited. Pretty positive. Excited. We like that. We like that for Sally. So we like it for our pros too, right? Another option. Licensed educators, every step of the process in a retail environment. Mm -hmm. It's a unique concept. So go Sally's. We like this for you. We like this for us. We sure do. (laughs) On our last episode, we talked with Kia Sterling. Kia is a world-renowned celebrity, stylist, and editorial hair artist based in New York City, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles. With over 20 years experience in the beauty and fashion industry, she's quickly become one of the most sought after hairstylists and educators worldwide and is a driving force in fashion and beauty. Her trend-setting style that she describes as, which I love, rock and refined, has been featured in major fashion publications as well as television ads, fashion weeks, and award shows. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Do it. This week, we're talking with Mackenzie Mintz. Mackenzie is a video content creator living in Florida. She has over 1.1 million followers on TikTok, so you might know her. Yeah. And over 100,000 on Instagram with an ever-growing community. She's known for her getting ready with me, Mm. which in TikTok, it's G-R-W-N. It's weird to say it out loud. Uh Those videos, viral hair trends, and aesthetically pleasing transitions. We talk about trends, getting involved with trends, and working with brands. So... I can't wait for the interview. But before we get there, our favorite transition. (laughs) (laughs) 
Five things a hairstylist would never do on their own hair. This one piqued my interest. Our friends over at today.com reported this. And so I had to dig in and say, mm, do we do we believe this? Do are we aligned with this? So Josie Main is actually the artistic director of Color Wow and the co-founder of the hair tools and product brand Trademark Beauty. So she was here on today to bust some myths. So the first one is I'm going to give you a little quiz. We're going to see if we agree or disagree. So she says, I would never use volumizing or defrizzing shampoo. Hmm? Agree or disagree? <laughs> a defrizzing shampoo, no. Okay. I feel like I've been duped into the volumizing of it all. Same. So over and over again. <laughs> so she's saying that plenty of these types of shampoos, volumizer or defrizzing, actually lead to buildup, impeding healthy hair growth. Ooh. And the buildup can also affect styling. So yikes. Okay. 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 Next up, never sleep in an elastic hair tie. Now, I don't have enough hair to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it does seem that this makes sense. Mm -hmm. My daughters, they don't sleep with elastics. Okay, great, dad. Yeah. Sometimes a scrunchie. So Ooh. I feel like I'm actually, I'm doing right <laughs> by... These pros. You are. Do you, would you sleep? Would do you sleep with the, you don't. I mean, I think for many, many, many years I did. Did. But now. Past tense. I, in my, you know, evolved state. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Great, great, great. But one tip um, that my stylist, who, you know, I have extensions mm -hmm. is I sleep with my hair braided in two long braids because that keeps it so nice. And then I also have a silk pillowcase and it's bougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We love it. We love it. No, that's amazing. Okay. I mean, what's interesting though, is like what we're seeing everywhere is not having hair down in your face. So it's like, yeah. you've got to be careful because hair traps oil, other things it can cause breakouts. We understand this, but if we're going to pull our hair out of our face, these pros are saying don't use an elastic. Correct. Use a softer item. Softer. Which we can get around. All right. Feels right. But good job, girl dad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Never use hot styling tools after hairspray. I'm saying that that's kind of a no, but like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is maybe not known to me. Oh, boy. In my brain, in my brain now. Okay. No, like we're using a heat protectant mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes like we're judging and, um, and so it makes sense why people would think that maybe you could use hot. Okay. Well, good. Glad we had this chat. But now I know, I know better, but you knew better. <laughs> it turns out. I did, but I'm a daughter of a stylist. So, yeah. you know, protect your girl's locks. I will. Don't spray and then curl. Okay. 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 Also, next up, number four, never judge a product based on its price. Ooh. Mm. Go, Jeff. Go. I mean, we are all, we've been duped a million. We, you know, mm. uh, we, we buy things that are expensive. Yeah. Thinking that they're good. And sometimes you find something that, mm -hmm. yeah. So I would agree with this advice. I feel like this is understood generally. Like what is efficacious is the most important thing. And it might not be terribly expensive. But it could, it could be. What are your, what are your thoughts here? You know, I recently purchased an unnamed brand that is very, very high end. And I thought <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to spend $75 on this shampoo yep. and $75 on this conditioner and these bottles mm -hmm. knowing that I need, uh, I overdo it. Right. Mm. I'm in the shower. I'm got it all lathered up and I'm thinking I shouldn't have done that. There was, no, well, I didn't know. Who's doing this? So anyway, for those of you doing that, great. 
for me, I did judge it based on the price. Mm. I wanted it. I needed it. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to my OG. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Next up. Last one. Never cut your hair to make it grow. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, it's like wishful thinking, right? Like, Mm. like magical thinking you get it and it's gonna, yeah. Like little snip, snip. It's gonna whoop. Yeah. But, but, but it's not, Yeah, it's not going to, that makes total sense. So getting regular trims is important because your ends break off, which makes your hair look shorter, which we know, good Lord, mm-hmm. cut your ends. Mm-hmm. However, regular trims will not make your hair grow faster. Yeah. If you're looking to have it grow faster, use great conditioners and then full circle back around into those thermal protectants. And please don't, don't spray the hairspray and then <laughs> curl. Thank you very much for my TED talk. Okay. Oh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> We've all... We've not all learned. I've learned some things. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about learning some things, let's talk about things that are on thetease.com. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you probably should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, Rosette-inspired hair is in full bloom this spring. Yes, Camille wrote that. Amazing. That's a good one. That's all in. Love it. Yep. And it gets better. Everything's coming up roses, or should we say rosettes this spring? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Killing it. Across the runways, red carpets and street style set, pretty floral appliques that range from subtle to eye-catching have been popping up everywhere. While florals aren't exactly a new concept for spring, Q Meryl Streep's iconic line of the devil wears Prada. Mm. What is novel is how they are being incorporated into hair this season. Rosettes are incredibly versatile and wearable and can be used as a beautiful hair accessory or to fully inspire a stunning updo, like, say, a rose bun. We round out a few of our favorite rosette-inspired hairstyles to serve as inspiration. Head to thetees.com to see those. Kelly, yes. does this trend interest you? Are we going to see you in a... Sandy Lang rosette hair corsage elastic? I mean, I think they're absolutely stunning and classic. So it's possible. Possible. Um, I also like Lacey Redway's take on the rose bun, if you will, mm-hmm. for Kristen Sheriano's 2023 show, which we covered here on the tease.com. Mm-hmm. So I like the fun classic twist. Roses are timeless, classic. I'm here for it. Same. We love it. All right, next up, revive your scalp with these five trending products. Recently, scalp care has been a big buzzword in the hair care space, and for good reason. Healthy scalps are the key to healthy hair. With that said, taking proper care of your scalp will leave you with an abundance of positive side effects, including hair growth, minimized discomfort, and reduced flakiness. While it's never too late to get into scalp care, it may feel overwhelming to know where to start. To help you out, we've rounded out some of the best products on the market right now for achieving a healthy scalp. We were just talking about hair myths. Mm -hmm. Uh, How good? Because I'm admittedly not good at scalp care. Mm. I understand. Like we literally just listed off the benefits and there are these products that you can find on the TS.com. Where are you at on your scalp care journey? Are you using any of these products? You know, I have the Nutrafol stress reliever. All right. I think that scalp health is really, really important because I also pay a lot of attention to my skin and skincare as I'm aging, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important. Am I religious about it? No. Should I be? Yes. Yes, I should. We all should. Because I use a lot of dry shampoo. I use a lot of texturizing spray and I feel like you got to get it out of there. You got to get it out. So please. Well, read the article and you can see some products (laughs) that help you do that. And maybe I will go on my own 
scalp care journey? Please do. I was going to tell you, it's growing out. Your hair is growing out fast and the curls are almost back. The curls are here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but I've got some news. Oh, no. But we are... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to see a friend, mm. a barber that I know and trust, driving a little bit of ways to get there. Um, okay. And yeah, so for Naha, it, it might not be as voluminous. Okay. These curls may... Hit the floor. May go their way. Hit the floor. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll see. You know, the videos will reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Next up. This is actually terribly exciting. So buckle up, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article is titled, A Beauty Wellness Industry Supergroup Plans to Take on the Worker Shortage at This Year's Changemakers Gala. The pandemic and record inflation have not been kind to the salon professional and spa slash wellness industry. With forced closures, childcare woes, and a lack of access to grants and credits, many hairstylists, barbers, estheticians, spa techs, and nail pros looked for work elsewhere, contributing to a labor shortage. In an act of unprecedented collaboration between the professional beauty and wellness industries, UAO, Unite is One, is assembling at this year's Beauty Changes Lives events during America's Beauty Show, its 100th, with programming that will bring all sectors together. Beauty Changes Lives, of course, is the industry nonprofit group dedicated to making the beauty profession a first-choice career, and its Changemakers Gala honors the legends within our space. UAO will roll out its first major initiative at this year's Changemakers Gala, and you've got to be there. Kelly. Yeah. I know for a fact <laughs> that you are going to be there. I will be there. Um, do you have any spoilers for us? What can we expect from this supergroup? So I've got some spoilers, and I do believe that if you are attending America's Beauty Show, or if you are not, please do check out the Changemakers Gala with Beauty Changes Lives, because... We, I'm happy to be part of this group, um, are rolling out this initiative to help change the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Our labor shortage, as you mentioned, is a huge crisis, right? It was during, it was pre-COVID, it was during COVID, and it is after COVID. We need to prop the industry back up and talk to multiple different segments on why this is an incredible, viable option and career choice. So I'm very passionate about it. Um, and excited for this movement for our beloved industry. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to see what's coming. Bummed that I'm not going to be there in person, but there is time for others, listeners, to buy their tickets. There is. If you're in Chicagoland, and if you're not and you want to fly in, go ahead and do that. Big things are coming. And we will, of course, report on what is to come after the announcements. As always, so much going on at tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's interview with Mackenzie Mintz. Can't wait for this one. Mackenzie Mintz is a video content creator living in Florida. She has over 1.1 million followers on TikTok and 100,000 on Instagram with an ever-growing community. She's known for Get Ready With Me videos, viral trendy hair videos, and aesthetically pleasing transitions. Today, I am joined by Mackenzie. Mackenzie, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Excited to talk to you um, about something I'm terrible at, which is TikTok. Um, Mackenzie, how did you get into the talk? Well, um, not a super interesting story, actually. I'm sure it is. Let's let's I'm sure it is. Let's go. So as a lot of other creators, I think we all started around the same time during quarantine mm-hmm. 2020 ish. Um, TikTok started to take off and I was bored all the time. I was home from college just finding something to do with my spare time. Yep. And I just started filming and I started filming everything and just posting it. Um, I always loved 
social media. Like I always was posting stuff. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't anything new. But I think that TikTok was starting to blow up and I just hit it right at the perfect time. And my videos started to gain traction and I found it fun. So that's kind of how I started TikTok. Just like that. Amazing. Well, how did you realize like when was that point where you're like oh this is this is taken off um because to your point like you already enjoyed it you were having fun this is what you wanted to do anyway but then all of a sudden you started to rack up the views and followers what was that like it was actually really fun like really fun actually um i remember being in like my college house with my friends and we would just post silly tiktoks all the time Mm -hmm. finally one of them started to take off And I remember I had purple hair at the time because my purple shampoo had turned my hair purple. And I was like, oh, you know what? It's kind of fun, like whatever. And I had watched like an episode of a show I was watching and I came back and looked at my phone. I was like, wow, there's a lot of notifications. And I was like, this is so fun. And then I woke up the next morning to 50,000 followers on TikTok. So yeah, it blew up very fast overnight. Wow. 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 All right. Well, so, I mean, you are an established creator. We know that. If you weren't doing this in like a full-time capacity, what would you be doing? I mean, you mentioned college. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I graduated from Ohio State with a communications degree. Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether or not I was going to do influencing, I was going to do something along the lines of what I'm doing. Um, so really, I had the best of both worlds. I had experience in the communication field and now I have a degree. Yep. So I'd be doing something along the lines of social media and marketing and stuff like that. Amazing. All right. Well, talk to us a little bit about the secret sauce to the extent that you're comfortable doing so. <laughs> What is your formula? Like, how are you thinking this up? Like, what does your content planning look like? Like, I find this to be fascinating. And I know that our listeners who are also creators in their own respects, hairstylists, makeup artists, and all that good stuff are are curious. Like when people are successful like this, it's it's not for for nothing. There's thought that's gone into it. So I'd love to understand, like, what does your process look like? So it is, it's hard, but it's also easy at the same time. So it's not like hard work where you're like putting in all of these, this effort and time and hours this Mm -hmm. but you are in the respect of like i enjoy social media so i'm constantly scrolling on social media i'm taking ideas from other people and i make them mine so like the trends that are going on i'll take the sound Mm -hmm. per se like that sound is going viral so i'll be like oh i've seen that sound five times in the last five minutes i'll make a video to it Mm -hmm. um and then i fit that to the niche of my followers so i feel like that overall is like kind of how i do it i don't really have like one specific thing that I do. Like I kind of make my brand vague so I can fit many categories, Um, just expand my audience. Um, But yeah, so just like being a avid social media user in itself adds a lot of value to creators, which comes with its pros and cons, obviously, but yeah, which we're going to get into. Um, but I'd love to talk a little bit about the niche that you just described. So how do you describe your audience? Like what insights are you looking at in terms of understanding what they like, what they don't like? Do you feed them more of what they're accustomed to? Like, I, I want to understand like that relationship between creator and audience. Yeah. So when I, before I signed with my agency that I'm with right now, mm-hmm. um, I kind of just posted whatever whenever I had no idea what I was doing. I was just doing it for fun. And I was accepting brand deals for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is fun. I can make money doing this. Yep. But it got to a point when I signed with my agency and they were like, okay, we're going to help guide you. And they kind of helped me find out what my niche was. Sure. They were like, okay, a lot of people love your hairstyles and you getting your hair done and how your hair looks. And then they love your family. So 
I'm like, okay, so I have like a lifestyle type vibe going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a specific makeup artist. I'm not a hairstylist. I'm not a dancer, but I do a little bit of everything. So it's kind of lifestyle, I would say, kind of my niche. When you're thinking through now, um, you talked about an agency rep and brand deals. Um, what has been the request most often from you um, in terms of like what you're working on in partnership with brands? So it honestly varies. Yeah, I do a lot of smaller brand deals with like fashion companies, like clothing brands. Mm-hmm. Those are easy to find because everyone loves that, and it's super vague. Anyone can put on clothes and you know promote it. So. I get those a lot. And then I want to start and I kind of am starting to reach the like beauty aspect of it. So like I'm starting to work with skincare and hair brands and stuff like that, like sunscreen brands um, to just like broaden that aspect instead of just focusing on fashion, which um, a lot of creators already do and they're great at it. And that's not so much my niche. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm a fashion, I'm a fashion girl when I love clothes, but that's not my passion. So I'm trying to just, you know, put my foot in every aspect and see like what fits best, what my audience likes best, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes total sense. And as actually a beautiful segue into what we wanted to talk about, and you sort of mentioned, which is the sort of pros and cons. So we know that TikTok has had a tremendous impact on the beauty industry and the way that we as consumers are interacting with beauty brands, hair brands, the like. Um, What are your thoughts about that? Like as a creator, but also someone who consumes social media content, like what is your relationship to the beauty industry and social content creation? It's really funny because being an influencer, I'm easily influenced myself. So (laughs) I... That's honest. I love that. And I find it really fascinating and like how smart brands are in the way that they market and the people that they pick to market with them. Mm-hmm. I know I'll see something. I'm like, wow, I really like that. Or I like the way her hair looks. And I'll look on her account and I'll look and see what products she uses. Yep. And that is where I think the like TikTok aspect has taken over the media of marketing for every brand. Yep. And it's just smart. And I think that now I look, I go and I look on TikTok for like answers. I don't look at Google. So mm-hmm. I think that truly TikTok and social media in general has just taken over the marketing and people trust it and they trust trust like the true genuine answers that people have to brands and products, which has made it more real versus just commercials you see on TV or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, well put. Um, well, we obviously connected uh, via a trend that has taken over the talk as well as other places, uh, which is the Vanilla Girl trend. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, like as, as being someone who is very much associated with this trend, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? What do you like? What do you dislike? Are you, how do you feel about it? So the way that I came about, you know, categorizing myself as that was actually through my stylist. So I've been going to her forever. She's been doing my hair for so many years yep. and I've like kind of grown close with her. So I trust her opinion on things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? I think we should do this shade blonde, blah, blah, blah. And I want you to wear neutral colors when you come get your hair done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like, I love that. I love neutrals. I'm always wearing, you know, beige, white, browns. Like that's my favorite. Um, the clean girl look too as well. Mm-hmm. So she brought it to my attention and she's like, you know what? Like this is going to fit perfect for like the vanilla girl aesthetic. And I was like, what's that? And so she explained what it was to me. And then this was like months ago. Mm-hmm. And so then now I've just kind of embraced the fact that that's what I enjoy. Just a super clean aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
not so much like, I guess, Vanilla Girl is just basic <laughs> in some capacity of like just basic clothes, like not super crazy prints, super crazy patterns. Uh, and yeah, so I just was like, okay, I like that. And I just rolled with it. Mm. And now people connected with me. They're like, oh yeah, I like that too. And like the whole, uh, just like basic wardrobe that you can, you know, make so many outfits out of basic pieces that everyone should have in their closet. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I take from the Vanilla Girl aesthetic. Uh, There's obviously other people's opinions on what it is and, but that's mine. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, no. um, And we think it's very fun. So there's stuff that we've written about on the site, Mm -hmm. which is again, how we connected uh, and lots of application for our salon professional industry in terms of how to interpret it for hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, So talking about trend and aesthetic, as a content creator that's going through and seeing stuff where you're like, oh, I like that. I would imagine there's some stuff that you don't like. Are there any trends, challenges, et cetera, where you're just like, I don't understand how that was a thing. I would never do that. I regret doing that. So it's actually funny. I, um, I, I'm always looking for trends mm-hmm. and I get bored with like my hair and like my outfits. Like I'm always looking for something to spice it up. Um, yep. But the one trend that was going along Oh, for a while was the bleached eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember I was like, Hmm, should I do that? And I remember everyone was like, absolutely not. Do not bleach your eyebrows. And I'm like, it looks cool on other people. Yeah. And like, I know it just something new. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad I didn't because, you know, TikTok has filters for everything. So I put one of those bleach filters on my eyebrows. Mm-mm, not for me. Not for you. Yep. I'm, I'm glad that I decided not to, but yeah, that was one trend that really like, it was super out there that I was like, hmm, I kind of want to try it, but I'm definitely glad that I did not. Mm, okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> we love the honesty. Um, okay. So for our beauty professionals, we're listening to this podcast who are maybe like me, not great at TikTok. Um, what are some like pro tips in terms of like, you've said like hop on a trend like look into stuff like what are you what are your thoughts to like break into um to ease their way into the platform yeah i would just say post like post a lot okay tiktok is one of the apps one of the only apps where you can post a lot and it's not annoying Mm. because people are looking at you and they want to see more videos and more stuff so i think that because not everything hits the for you page so you might post five videos but only one of them up to people yep so i think that putting more videos out there gives more opportunity for people to see you and see your account so just posting like authentic stuff to make your audience also engage and like you as a person i think is the best way to go and not just not just following the trends so your videos go viral Mm -hmm. which can come easier than being authentic in your videos going viral um so i think just being true to yourself and posting a lot is kind of my best advice. Okay. No, that, that makes total sense. Um, and again, coming from a pro like yourself, I'm sure people are going to be appreciative. Yeah. If I were braver, I might take that advice. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit about TikTok for marketing. Again, you've got a communications background, which is incredible. And we've talked about brand partnerships and how you've said you've even noticed how like cool it can be when there's integration and discovery happening on the platform. So how do you think maybe salon pros like salon owners or booth renters might use TikTok for business? So I think, again, engaging with your audience, whether or not that's through social media or through whoever's sitting in your chair or whoever you're helping give your service to, Mm -hmm. 
like interacting with them and seeing their perspective on things and then allowing that to, you know, affect what you're putting out there, whether that is hair or a video on TikTok. So just engaging with people and hearing other people's opinions and perspectives broadens yours. So, you know, you might be in this part and then they might be on another section. So then you have such a vast now opportunity to engage with people and post what you want and do what you want. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, just engaging with whoever you're interacting with in any aspect is kind of the best way to go. Engagement. We love it. Uh, So you in that vein have, as we've talked about, established yourself on TikTok specifically, big, big audience, lots of engagement around your content. Um, When you're engaging with folks, how much do you give? How much is it like what you want to put out there versus what they want from you? Has there ever been an instance where you're like, "Eh, I'm kind of sick of that. I don't want to do that anymore, but they are really into it. I'd love to to talk about that. Yeah, I actually struggle with that a lot. Um, Being not so much authentic because I feel like everything I do put out there is authentic, but aiming it towards one audience versus what I actually genuinely want to post that day. Mm -hmm. And people love my family. They love my siblings. There's four girls. We all look alike and everyone's fascinated by it. So when I'm with them, I'm like, you know what? Let's just post a video all together. It'll blow up. They like it, blow up. Mm -hmm. And then I get home later and I'll post a video of just myself and it might not get as many views. And that definitely, you know, stabs me a little bit. So I'm like, oh, well then they don't, you know, like me, they like my sisters. So then it turns into that. So I think finding a balance of like, I love posting videos with my sister, so I'm going to do that anyways. Yep. But I also need to make sure that everyone that's following me knows this is my account and this is going to be mostly me. Mm. And if they don't like it, then they should go, you know, follow my siblings too, um, type thing. So it is hard. And, uh, you know, hairstyles that I might like that I post might not be, you know, what everyone else likes. Just doing what you want to do. It is hard because this industry, you, you feel successful when you have more views and more likes yep. when necessarily always true because you know you being you and putting stuff out there might not get as many views or likes but you know it's gonna narrow in the audience that genuinely likes you instead of you know everyone (laughs) yep all right well that makes total sense to me um and i appreciate again the the honesty because you've dealt with this yeah this is your life you're doing this um last thing before we get into our quick takes is a question about what you talked about in terms of brands coming to you I'd love to understand, like, what is that process like? Or is it a situation where, like, you've got a lot of (laughs) direct messages requesting to connect and do things? Um, How discerning are you in terms of, like, what you take on with your team? Um, I'd love to understand that. So, like I said, I've been with my agency for about a year now. Mm -hmm. And before this, I was kind of taking not everything that I got, but most things that I was like a little bit interested in, I would take almost everything just because one, I didn't know my worth um, with my posting. So Mm. I was trying to make as much money without realizing like I should be getting paid more by doing one or two brands. So I would take on like 10 when I really need to. So once I signed with my agency, they became like, listen, like your rate so much lower so that you need to, we're going to work on that. And so once I realized, okay, like my content's actually worth more than what I'm saying, and I can actually pick and choose what brands I want to work with instead of just taking everything that comes my way, yep. it really cleared everything up for me. So now I take the brands that I want. Mm. And you know, if they aren't going to pay enough or I don't like the brand, like we do set them aside and then not completely scratch them off, but we kind of put them off to the side, do the ones that I want. And if we can you know, negotiate something or talk through the brief or what they want, yep. then we will reconsider. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've just been com- like becoming more 
cautious of what I'm doing, especially like I don't want to take on any brand deals that I don't align with. Right. So, but you got a brand to protect. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, in terms of our listeners who are out there that are maybe building up their own brands um, and are interested in working with companies, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them? Like, how do they get on the radar of marketing teams that are out there? Yeah, don't be shy to reach out. That's kind of like my number one thing because brands, even okay, so I think people don't understand that there's a lot of gifting opportunities and brands, they don't lose money by doing that. They only gain money. Yep. Because if you have any sort of audience at all, they're, you're going to post about it and people will see it. Mm-hmm. So I think that I know I have some friends too that you know want to start getting and posting more and just doing stuff like that. And I was like, just reach out. You don't understand how many brands would love to send you stuff and to work with you. Yep. So that's kind of like my tip. Mm. And then just post organically. Like if you go buy something and you're like, wow, I really like the shampoo, post about it mm. because that brand might see it and they might DM you and be like, hey. I love that you're posting that. We got, you know, 10 people bought it from like, you know, stuff like that. I just think being real and not being shy and just putting yourself out there because this this business is all about putting yourself out there. So, mm. well, in the spirit of putting yourself out there, before we get into our quick takes, could you plug your channels? Um, let's make sure. I mean, obviously, a lot of people already know who you are, but if they don't, how can they find you? So my Instagram is Mackenzie Mince with two Z's and my name is M-A-C-K-E-N-S-I-E Mince, M-I-N-T-Z with two Z's, um, kind of mismatch, um, last name, first name. And then my TikTok is Mackenzie R Mince. Um, and then, yeah, I also use Pinterest, same thing, Mackenzie Mince um, on Pinterest, Visco, Snapchat, all of that. They're all the same. Um, and they're all linked. If you find my Instagram, you'll be able to find everything else because they're all linked to my bio. So amazing. And we're going to link to everything in our show notes as well. So no problem. We want to make sure that you could let everybody know where to find you. All right. Now let's get into our quick takes. These are the questions that we ask of all of our guests. Um, So don't hold back, but don't think about it for too long. Uh, The first question that we've got, what was the first ever product beauty or hair related that you remember owning? We're product junkies on this podcast. So um, the first, I mean, I only have been blonde for about three years now. Okay. So prior to that, I did not really care much about my hair. Um, if I'm being honest, I just kind of let it go, do its own thing. It was natural. Mm-hmm. Um, the first product I remember buying was the Fanola purple shampoo. Um, and that is actually the one that turned my hair purple. And I kept it, not no shade, because I kept it for a while and I thought it was cute. I also yep. probably using too much and leaving it on for too long. So that's probably also user error. But Fanola was my number one for a while. I remember that one. Okay. Amazing. Um, All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Honestly, no. Um, I am very like, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's going to happen if it's going to happen. I try to not be superstitious because I feel like I'm an overthinker. So if I did that, you know, my brain would not stop. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you are obviously in the business of creating content, including yourself. But if there were a biopic about your life, who would you want to play you? Hmm. So I get this a lot actually on TikTok that I look like um, in some videos, I look like Margot Robbie. So if I were doing like an adult life mm-hmm. of myself, I think I would pick her. But kid, I'm, I'm not sure. But she would definitely be adult me. Margot Robbie is a pretty, pretty good choice. We love that. Yeah. Okay. What do you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? I love pasta. Uh, yeah, that's that's hands down. Excellent choice. Popular choice on this podcast. Really? Um, all right. Last question that we've got for you. 
And keep in mind, you're like not going to starve. You have water. Like, let's be clear about those things. But you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty products. What are they? Again, we're product junkies. We all want to know what everybody's using. Like, are we talking about like anything or just like makeup? The three, like you have to have these things. It could be any category. Any category? But like you can only bring... Yep. Well, I'm going to go with probably deodorant. That's not, uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Products to be brought. Um, <laughs> I'm also gonna probably pick dry shampoo. Any brand in particular? Is there something you're especially into? It's okay if not. I love the Amica. They are by far like my favorite dry shampoo. Um, so I'll probably do that, and then I'm gonna say body wash so I could you know clean myself off a little bit. Smart, smart. <laughs> we love that. Yeah. Okay, Mackenzie. It was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the Volume Up podcast. Thank you so much. It's just so fun. All right, Jeff. So her GRWM, get ready with me, videos, her hair videos, all of the things that she's creating. Um, I love them. I'm happily scrolling it. What did you think? I mean, I envy her confidence and her willingness to put herself out there. I felt like maybe I could enjoy TikTok as a content creator. I, I can't. But I did feel like she's giving me the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. She's some insights. Like maybe if I did, uh, you know, I, I don't see myself coming for Mackenzie's career. Okay. But but I will say, yeah, I was like, oh, TikTok, maybe we could all be. Appreciate. Better. Yeah. We could. And amazing tips and tricks. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. And thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.